Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. It's wonderful to be here with my King's family. And uh, thanks to Pastor Ben for the privilege. Uh, it's always a privilege. Um, just to and, to and to be home this morning with my family is fantastic. How many of you have never seen me before, by the way? Give me a wave. Wow, where have you been? <laughs> uh, where's Meg? Is she taking a seat or is she going out the back? She'll come out? Okay. I just got a word for her, which I'll give her afterwards. Well, crazy world, hey. was in a bank the other day wearing my mask. <laughs> a year ago, I'd have been arrested. Now I'm arrested if I don't wear it. Um, crazy, crazy world. The great thing about being a preacher is that I get not to wear a mask. And um, uh, so I, I fly a fair bit. And one of the things I've discovered is that being on planes, you know, as, as with here, Pastor Rob is having a drink on the front row now. There's nothing actually in that. He's just pretending because it's the opportunity not to wear a mask. Um, but I've found with, uh, with flying over the last few months since we've had to wear masks all the time, um, I always have a snack or if there's a meal, depending on the time of the flight and a drink. I've discovered I can't eat and drink as fast as I used to. Um, the opportunity not to wear a mask. And, um, and so many things have changed in this crazy world. I was here Friday, Easter Friday, and I was just thinking, like communion. Used to, before we partook of the bread and the, and the cup, it was this quiet, reflective time. Now it's a time of <laughs> as everybody peels off the layers of their their individual servings of um, Meg. While I think of it, and I see you down the back now, I just felt God put something on my heart for you when you're up here before. Um, God's going to doubt. There's something, and this doesn't need to be prophetic because everybody knows this. There's something of God on your life, but you have God is going to download like revelation if you set your heart to seek Him. God's going to download revelation to you. There's a prophetic edge and a prophetic gift on your life, not in some spooky, funny, strange way. But if you listen to God, God's going to give you word. He's going to download stuff that you will communicate. I don't know what you do in the life of the church. I obviously worship lead and sing, and you do awesome at that. And maybe it's through that, or I get a feeling may even be other expressions. But God's going to give you words, and you will speak with clarity and communicate with clarity, and even just a word or a sentence sometime, because you've heard from God, and it will unlock chains of people's lives. It will bring people into the presence of God and help set people free. But just set your heart to seek God. He's going to speak to you. Yeah. So in this crazy world... And all that's going on, it's so great to remember Psalm 24, verse 1, because Psalm 24, verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's, <laughs> in the midst of everything that's going on, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let me tell you a little story. One day a guy called Sam, Saturday morning, early he goes down to Bunnings early to get some stuff because he's going to do some work around the house that day and takes his little five-year-old boy with him. And after they've been to Bunnings, they're on the way back home and his little boy says, hey, Dad, can we call to Macca's? I just want to get some fries. Could, could I please have some fries, Dad? Please, please. So Sam says, yeah, sure, son. 
So they call into Macca's and when they go in, he gets a large fries for his little boy, gets himself a coffee and they sit there and he's just watching, sitting watching, enjoying his young son, uh, enjoying the fries. And as happens when, you know, somebody's got food, you didn't feel like it before, but it smells good. And how many of you are married have had this experience? And you, yeah, that's right. And you reach across the table and Sam suddenly felt a couple of fries. So he reaches across, grabs a couple of fries from his little boy's pile of fries. And suddenly his son goes, Dad, don't touch my fries. Don't take my fries. And puts his arms around it like building a little fort to protect his fries. And for a moment, Sam was a bit surprised and he kind of pulled his hand away and then he began, began to reflect about his son's attitude to the fries and he thought, my little boy has just failed to realise that I'm actually the source of those fries. In fact, I was the one who gave the cashier the money to get the fries and not only that, I gave him, I bought a large fries for him, more than he expected and more than he asked for and yet here he is talking about his French fries. Not only that, he fails to remember that I'm six foot and I'm 90 kilos and if I want to take all his fries, I can take them. Not only that, I can go back to the counter and get more fries than he could ever eat. I don't need his fries, I can go and buy my own. He realised that his son, because all Sam wanted was just to enjoy the moment with his son and watch his son enjoying the blessing that he as a father had been able to provide in that moment and for his young son to sort of invite him into that world and share that blessing with him, the very thing that he had provided. Psalm 24.1, as we read before, the earth is the Lord's. When, when I read that and that verse, I, I love it. The earth is the Lord's, the old King James said, and the fullness thereof. And everything in the world and all who live in it. When I read that, it conjures up this image for me of like a picture from space of planet Earth. And I just see it's this majestic kind of wow statement that's so awesome. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And on the face of it, it seems like just this majestic statement and it is. But it's more that because the next part of kind of what plays in my head is, is like Google Earth. How many of you have used it, ever used Google Earth? And it starts out, it's quite amazing. Hey, I, I like Google Earth. I bought, a, I bought a new car last year from Melbourne in the middle of the lockdown. I couldn't, I've never bought a car site unseen in my life before. I couldn't even get my friends in Melbourne to go and have a look at it because of their lockdown. But I had numbers of phone calls with the, with the seller and... and uh, but I did check where he lived. Because with Google Earth, you can type in an address, and it's amazing, you, those of you that have done it, and suddenly zooms in from outer space, all the way down to your place. And I want you to think about that in terms of this verse. The earth is the Lord's, and all that's in it, and it's like, yeah, this majestic statement, but then the implications 
The reality is that it's not just some majestic universal statement. This comes like God does with everything. He drills down very personally into all of our lives. And this means that, and again, if you've got that imagery, he zooms in all the way down to Shirley's house. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. My bed's made. Yeah. Um, all the way down to your house. So the earth is the Lord's. It's the Lord's. It has a generality about it, that statement, but it's very specific. It means that your life, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, your life is his. Yeah, I, I know, when we, when we first come to Christ, we, I surrender all. And, and we should, and we do, and that's what it's about. But, like, you mean my car too? What, the house? What, you, you don't mean the bank account? That, that's yours too? What about my jet ski? Is that your? That's you. That's your, okay. Wow. My family? That's, that's yours too? Yep. It's all, it's all his. You're not your own. And Corinthians tells us that. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says, you're not your own. You were bought at a price. It's your family, your life, your house, your car, your possessions, everything. And the height of ingratitude, I think, in any person is when someone has been entrusted with the care and the responsibility for something that belongs to somebody else, but they don't treat it with that level of respect. <laughs> it all belongs to God. We go, yeah. It's like the story of the pastor who preached a message along this theme and one of the guys in the church who was a very wealthy, self-made kind of guy, been a builder, he didn't particularly like the message that the pastor brought. He says to the pastor after church, he says, Pastor, um, I want you to come to my place tomorrow. So the pastor turns up the next day and the guy says, he's got acres, a mansion, there's a man-made lake, there's manicured gardens, there's paths, there's just about everything, beautiful, big, pool, infinity, pool, you name it. I mean, it's got everything. And, and the guy says, so you see, see what I've got here, he says to the pastor. He says, you, you know I'm a builder. He said, you know, I, I made this. I built this. See, even, even that lake, I actually drove the excavator. I did the excavation personally. And you're telling me that God actually owns all this? So are you sure about that, Pastor? Pastor said, hmm, why don't you ask me in 100 years from now? Perspective, hey? Perspective. See, we need to realize that our life, our stuff, is not really our stuff. It's kind of like Monopoly. How many of you ever played Monopoly, the board game, Monopoly, yeah. You know, at the end of the night, it all goes back in the box. <laughs> now, you can take that however you like. Um, but at the end of the night, it doesn't matter what properties you've fought over and you've bought and sold. It all goes back in the box. It's like, sometimes we get hung up about stuff and things that don't matter so much. 
years ago when our kids were in their teens, <clears throat> we used to play a world domination game called Risk. Any of you ever played Risk? Give me a wave. Yes, okay. Not a lot of you. It's a fantastic game. It's about taking over the world. It's good for control freaks. Um, but so we used to go, particularly in the holidays, we'd play this, and we had one, one young guy who got saved in our church, and he was the same age as our kids, kind of became part of our family. And, and so we would play Risk until the wee hours of the morning. And I remember this one particular occasion, and believe it or not, some of our family members were quite competitive. And this one particular night, like, and if you've ever played the game, it, it boils down eventually to where you, you happen to take someone out. You're targeting somebody to get them out of the game. And it can become quite personal. <laughs> and tensions were rising. It's 2 a.m. Tensions are rising. Couple are already out. There's three of us left. And the tension and the conflict in the room is quite pronounced, particularly from those who are competitive by nature. And... Uh, and so there's a fair bit of angst going on. And suddenly, in the middle of all that, my wife just gets up and goes, with the board. It's like, it's all over. It's like, it's all, like, in one instant, all the stuff that we had been so aggro about and, and so intense about two minutes before, it's all over. And that's how it is with life sometimes. We get so intense about stuff and sometimes it doesn't really matter. But what does all this mean? I mean, everything belongs to God. Everything. We get to benefit from all of it. Wow. How many blessings have you got in your life? But ultimately, we just need to recognize that it's His it's not ours. And we need to make sure that ultimately everything that we do during the course of our life is honoring to him. Sometimes we get used to the power. We get used to what we have and we, we, we kind of just live, easy to live for ourselves and do what we like, but you're not your own. If you're a follower of Jesus, you were bought with a price. Life's, life's crazy, hey? I think sometimes it's a little bit like, some of you may remember a few years ago, there was a television show called Thank God You're Here. I, I love that. It was just, it was great seeing people put into uncomfortable situations. Because for those of you that never saw it, you know, there'd be a number of <coughs> celebrities or stars that have different regular people part of the show. And each week there'd be two or three scenarios and somebody would be, you know, uh, they would be dressed up as some particular role they didn't know, and then behind the door, closed door, there was a whole set. There was a whole set of circumstances, there was people, there was a whole scene, and suddenly they have to open the door, they might be dressed up as a, as a brain surgeon. And, you know, here's Nate, dressed up as a brain surgeon, he doesn't know, he opens the door, walks into the set, and someone turns around and says, oh, thank God you're here. And he's thrust into the middle. Now, don't go to Nathan if you need brain surgery. I'm not suggesting that. If you need solar, then that's a different story, okay? Um, 
just a little plug. Uh, you can fix me up after, Ash. But life's a little like that. Sometimes, how many of you have found yourself suddenly thrust into a situation that you weren't prepared for? And, and suddenly you've got to kind of, you've got the next line in the script. But here's the thing, just because you have the next line doesn't mean you own the show. Sometimes we forget that on the journey of life. Everything we have, Psalm 24 says, belongs to God. So if we accept that as truth, then what we become and what we are and who we are is we are stewards. We are stewards. That's A steward is someone who's been given the responsibility to manage and administer things on behalf of somebody else. It's a word we don't often use in our our modern language. But So if we settle the fact that we are stewards for God over our life and everything to do with our life, then it makes sense that if it all belongs to him, then we should be doing the best for him. Does that make sense? That's sort of fairly, I think that's fairly logical. I could draw it on a whiteboard if you wish. But it's really, it's really the simple reality. If he's our Lord, if he's our master, I mean, what does that require of us? What's our responsibility? I'm glad you asked. For starters, and here's one little, just a little issue, we I'm not going to go down this path too much in terms of what does it require of us, but there's one thing it requires of us. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. There's an interesting verse in Proverbs, I think it is, that says, uh, Proverbs 26, verse 20, verse 6 says, But a faithful man who can find. So faithful people are a bit of a rarity. I mean, what's a faithful person? It's a person who's diligent, who's loyal, who's responsible, who, who's committed, who's dedicated, who's true. And how many of you know our world needs some people who are faithful? And, and we should be people who are faithful, be it in our home lives, be it in our work life, be it in every setting. Our church needs faithful people. The world around us needs people who are diligent, who are responsible who are loyal, to be a faithful person. So if I am a steward, then there's certain responsibilities that I have. It's like if, if, if I own a rental property, let's say I own an investment property, rental property, and, um, and uh, I'll pick on Pastor Rob this time, um, He's good to be, yeah, you know, I heard Pastor Bill say about Rob being there and involved last Sunday night at the uh, Gold Coast uh, Convention Centre and, and uh, you know what Rob was doing and because Bill saw the big lanyard on, Rob was just being a VIP. That's what, that's what the tag said. Because <laughs> I was sitting near him. Um, <laughs> um, distracted by, ah, so I've got a rental property. And Rob and Mary Ann rent my property. And then I turn up one day and discover they've pulled down the shed and they've built a barbecue area. And I walk in the house and they've taken out some walls and they've done some other stuff. And I, whoa, 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 Rob, what's going on? 
looks good. <laughs> but you, and it might look good, but you should have checked it like it's my place. Now, if you want a value add, come and talk to me. How many of you know it, that's actually not his right to do that? Because it's actually not his. He lives there. He enjoys the benefit, and I've given him a discount on the rent. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's gone through the roof recently. You should, in fact, you get that shed back up or the rent's going up, mate. <laughs> but how many of you know that when it's not yours, there's certain boundaries? There's a lot of freedom within that for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Because it's not about law. It's not actually a contract. But we do need to understand if we, if we accept and acknowledge the reality of Psalm 24.1, that's all his, we're his stewards, then there's certain responsibilities we have. <laughs> With that in mind, I want, to, I want to, in these last few minutes, actually, because I don't have to wear a mask, I'm tempted to preach for an hour or so today. Um, <laughs> this is so liberating up here. Um, Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30. Now, I'm going to read this story. You, most, if not all of you, will know this story well, but I want to read it, and I want to just draw our attention to a couple of things toward the end of this story. It's the story of the parable of the talents. Jesus tells this story. So he says, verse 14, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents and to another one talent, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. How many of you know that there's an accountability for life? I thank God that through Jesus, if we accept him and we celebrated last weekend, we're not held to account for our sin. Wow. But we will give account for how we've lived our life and what we've done with what God's invested in us. So he says, when he comes back, he uh, calls the five and he says, the man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five, so you have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, similarly, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man, and I want you to listen to the language that's even repeated here as Jesus tells the story. <clears throat> the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I, was hard, I would harvest where I had not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. That was before current interest rates, obviously. So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. 
So it's a very interesting story, this one. And there's a lot of, lot of stuff in this. One, we, we often think about talents as people singing or dancing or whatever. No, no, no. This, that's a misinterpretation. I mean, it literally was finance in this case. But the, the application is anything that you've been entrusted with. Okay. So what's interesting here is that... <clears throat> We've often, and I have preached this probably scores of times, but it was only recently I saw this, this thing in the, the language at the end, where it's what drove. We often hear the guy was afraid, and fear will stop you, and, and it's true. But what drove the fear? Well, there was a misunderstanding or misapprehension. He totally did not know the heart of the master. But, but here's the interesting thing, and when you read it, it says... I knew you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And when Jesus gives the response of the master, he repeats those very words. So what is that? He's saying, I knew that I'm going to put in the hard work, and I'm going to invest, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, but you'll just get the rewards, and there's nothing in it for me. What's in it for me? You... Reap where you haven't sown, and you harvest where you haven't scattered seed. What's in it for me? And it was because of self-interest, self-interest, that he didn't do anything with what he'd been given. He misunderstood totally, obviously, the master, because as was already shown, the master did reward those but when self-interest drives our life, which is the antithesis of Psalm 24.1, when self-interest drives our life, we have a problem. And the truth is we've all at times been motivated by self-interest. Well, not you, but would you believe there are other people out there? You see, what's the responsibility we have as stewards? It's, it's effectively to add value to whatever, and that's what the other servants did. They added value to what they had been given. They added value. So my question to you this morning is, are you adding value to everything that God has invested in your life? Are you adding value to everything that God has entrusted to you? Are you adding value? Every area of your life. Are you adding value to in the area of your relationships, your spouse, your kids, your family? Where are you adding value? Are you adding value in your work environment? Are you adding value to people? So many areas, and we don't have time to drill down further on this morning, so many areas, every area of our life, even our soul, God's given you a soul. Are you adding value? I love it when, when people say, say musicians who get onto the worship team in church and then because there's an ability, God's invested a certain gift in them, they take time to develop that and build that. Some go and get lessons, singing lessons, or whatever it might be to help add value to what God's already put in there. What are you doing to add value to everything that God has put in your life and entrusted you with? What are you doing 
to add value to your soul, your spirit? What are you doing to add value even to the body that God's given you? Now, some of you have added a lot of value. <laughs> That's not particularly what I'm talking about. But how many of you know we should care for and look after that which God has given us? What about our resources? Often when we think of this passage, we think about money and finance. But you know what? That's not the greatest. We, we do need to be, make sure that we live with our resources held lightly because they're not ours. And we're so blessed to enjoy everything we do. But you know, one of the greatest resources you have as opposed to money is your time. I mean, imagine for a minute that there was a bank that credited your account every morning with $86,400. How good would that be? And you could utilize that, but here's the catch. At the end of the day, at midnight, whatever you haven't used is gone. The next day you get, you get another 86400 but if you don't use what's in there, it's gone. You can't carry it over. Uh, there's, there's no, you know, drawdown for the future. You can't, there's, you've got to use what you've got. Every day, you get 86,400 seconds. Every day. Now, at the end of the day, how many of you know you don't get it back? Like, it's gone. You're not getting that back. It's funny because we often value money more than we do time. But here's the truth. See, money is a renewable, to use in vogue terminology. Money's a renewable. If you lose money or something, there are ways to get more money. And with masks now, it's a lot easier. Um, no, I'm only going, not suggesting that, please. For those of you watching... <laughs> This is church. We don't do those things. Um, money is a renewable, but time is not. Time is not a renewable. While we have life on this planet, and we know that we have eternity ahead, us, ahead of us, but the time that you have now, the 86,400 seconds you get every day, that's not renewable. Once it's gone, it's gone. You need to use it wisely. We, we sometimes say we value money more than time. You know, we, um, you know, if I came to Nathan every day and I said, hey, Nathan, could I, could I have 50 bucks? And then I come back tomorrow, mate, could I have 100 bucks? Now, Nathan's very generous and I'm sure he would, but after a while, if I keep coming back to him every few hours asking for more money, like, he's going to go, what? And rightly so. And we should be discerning about what we do with our money. And if, if we had somebody doing that to us, asking us for money all the time, hey, we would go, nah, listen. And yet, we often think about how we spend our money more than we do our time. We have so many things, and people even sometimes, but there's so many things that are always after our time. And sometimes we just give it away without being discerning. And you see, 
God's given you life. God's given you time. And you can choose to invest it to get an add-on, to get added value. I oh, thank you, Chris. I was going to ask you to come. Wow, that's amazing. He, he hears from the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. <laughs> true, hey? So true, they are. They are. But we need to think about adding value. It's not hard to add value. So many areas of our life, you can add, because of God's character in you, you can add value to someone's life so simply. I was telling the first service this morning, a few weeks ago, I had, was having breakfast, had breakfast with Pastor Kinder Greening at a restaurant here on the coast, and and, and there was a girl who's, who waited on us, who served us, and she was really good. She was really good. You know, you go to some, some restaurants and the wait staff have no idea. It's like you wave, whoa. And, and then, then they, you ever have it where you're in deep and meaningfuls at a restaurant or a cafe? And they come, so how was everything? Can't you see my friends crying? <laughs> it's like they just don't have any sense of reading the moment. This, this girl was good. She could tell when we were involved in conversation and she chose a moment. She served well. She was happy and smiling. And, and uh, for those of you who know Pastor Kinder, hi Kinder, uh, for those of you who know Pastor Kinder, likes his coffee a certain way, certain temperature. No problem for her. So when I went to settle the account, I... Uh, I said, so how long you worked here? And, and she said, three years. And I said, um, you're good at what you do. Thank you for yourself. You're good at what you do. And I said, and I just talked about how important that was in an establishment like that. And it was funny, she stopped. She didn't wipe the bill, but anyway, she stopped. <laughs> and she looked up at me and, and she teared up. And she said, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Now, if the service was terrible, I, I don't believe in flattery, so I wouldn't have said that. But you know what? I added value to her life. And you can add value to people's lives so simply and so easily. Like even just by being friendly. How many know that's a good thought as a Christian? Oh, gee. I did an experiment the other week on my time's up. Hey, you're the 10.30 crowd, so we can stay for ages. It's cool. <laughs> Almost finished. I did an experiment. I was in the city. I was staying in Brisbane in a hotel for a few days the other week and um, got in the lift. I was up and down in the lift, you know, during the week. And you know what it's like? You know the standard behavior in a lift? You know, a crowd of people. Well, at the moment, it's not a crowd. It's usually two or three because of COVID, which often makes it a bit more awkward. Like everybody's standing there. Man, this is a slow lift. It's like so awkward, just standing there, silence, head down, you look at them. So I thought, you know what? It was on the first day, and the second day I thought, I'm, I'm just going to try stuff a little different this week. 
there's a lot of stuff you can do in a lift, but some of it I wouldn't encourage. Um, that certainly gets people's attention, but or things you can say. But I just decided to be friendly. People would step into the lift and I'd say, G'day, mate, how are you? How's your day? Or whatever it might be. Or, you know, you're from here. What's your bank card number? Uh, you know. <laughs> um, no, but it was funny because as I began to engage people, they'd res- respond. It was amazing. Like, and they, they pre- there was not one person during those three days who was kind of, what are you, what are you asking for? <laughs> And just puts a smile on people's faces. I'll finish with this. Just the power of being able to impact somebody's life and value add, whatever that might be. So I did just some professional development a few weeks ago, a course, an intensive at QUT in Brisbane. And I was in a cohort of 16 people and 10 of them were barristers and lawyers. It was just little old me with all these highly educated peoples. And, um, and during the course of the week, uh, here's the deal. It doesn't matter whether someone's educated or what they do, they're people. You've got to remember that. People are people. But I just began to be friendly during the week, during the course, we'd just chat during the break or ask them, you know, kind of what area they work in or here was a funny thing without going into all the detail. After we finished, we went back for a weekend's full assessment. After we finished that next week, I had four emails from four of these people who just wanted to catch up and have a coffee with me. These are not Christians. Um, and so this week I've got a meeting with a barrister, another one with a lawyer, catch up because I want to talk about what I do and because I do some coaching and stuff as well. But, but it was just you just never know the opportunities you get if you take a moment just to value add. Take interest in other people's lives. It's, it's actually fairly simple. So this morning in closing, let me just make three quick points. I'm really just beginning to preach now. It's my first point. No, these are just three statements to finish, three questions. Number one, be thankful for the blessings you have in your life. Oh, we've all got problems. We've all got issues. You should see the bills on my desk at the moment. We've all got stuff going on. But how many of you know we've also got a lot of blessings and a lot to be thankful for? Be thankful. God's blessed us with a lot of stuff. Be thankful. How are you adding value? See, that's what God wants. That's what that story is about. It's about adding value to whatever's been invested in your life. God just wants a return from the love He's invested in your life. How are you adding value? Finally, just take responsibility. If what we've said is true, if God owns it all, we're His stewards. We've been blessed with so many things, whatever that might be. You don't have to have a million dollars. You don't have to be particularly, you don't have to be a muso or a singer. You have ability. You've got investment, God investment in your life. Just add value. Add value. We just bow your head, close your eyes as we finish.
If you're here this morning and you have never invited God into the journey of your life, you've never said yes to Jesus, because that's the, that's the starting point of really understanding and getting value added to your life, to, to open your heart to the love of God. You don't have to understand it all, but just to say, yes, God, I need you, and I, I want my life to count for more. So if you've never done that, or maybe you have, but you've walked away and God's not really part of your journey these days, if that's you and you need to invite God into your life, invite Jesus into your life, just with every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment, if that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Let me see it this morning. If if you're here and you need to just invite God into your life, over the first time or a fresh thank you, I see your hand. Thank you. That's awesome. Anybody else this morning? Any others this morning? Just let me see your hand because I'm just going to pray. Thank you. I see your hand. That's wonderful. Thank you. Lord, you see the hands raised this morning that have been raised. God, be it for the first time or be it to get back on track. I pray now that your grace, your love will just flood each of those lives this morning in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would go away from here today just with fresh perspective about life and about how we live it and that we as followers of Jesus would do everything we can to make sure that you're getting a return on the investment you made in every area of our life and the things that you've blessed us with I pray I pray your peace and your grace put every person and family represented in this house today in Jesus name Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.